This is Letters from an International Student. You're listening to Letters from an International Student, a podcast from Student Life and Learning Support, all about how international students who use English as an additional language tackle challenges and build confidence as writers at Canadian universities. I'm your host, Heejin. Before we start our journey, I would like to take some time to introduce the purpose and background of this podcast. According to the university's 2019 internationalization strategy, between 2019 and 2024, the number of international undergraduate students at the university is expected to double, expanding from 8% to 16% of all undergraduates. Existing research about the experiences of international students who use English as an additional language shows that this group of students often face extra challenges when it comes to English academic writing and language at North American universities. For example, it is common for students to experience a loss of confidence in their overall academic skills when they begin school in a different language and a cultural context. This may occur when students struggle to express their knowledge in a less familiar language. Loss of confidence and other mental health-related stressors, like the financial stress associated with being an international student, or the loneliness can also make it harder to focus on writing assignments. And of course, struggling in school can have a negative effect on your mental health as well. It can be a bit of a vicious cycle. That was a long one. I guess this is time for me to introduce myself. But rather than sitting in front of this microphone and talking about myself over and over, why don't we bring in the two other co-producers of this podcast, Mira and Katria, to help me feel less awkward listening to my own voice. Here we go. Okay, I'm Heejin. I am currently in third year of media production. I just finished my third year, so I'm getting into my fourth year, which is very exciting and terrifying at the same time. (laughs) Every great superhero have an origin story. I might not be a Wonder Woman, but I do believe I have quite some stories to tell. Here, I'm talking about my journey of finding what I wanted and moving to Canada five years ago. Uh, When I first came to Canada, I didn't really think about what program I want to get into because I was still in the mindset of, oh, I have to do STEM major, I have to do something related to math or something like that. But I just quickly realized, even though I am like decent at it, I don't think that's going to be my forever um, profession. So I just turned into another subject, which is media. That's so cool. I mean, I feel like for me, I didn't even have the option to go into the sciences or anything math related. (laughs) So I wish I could say the same for me, but uh, I think it was clear to the guidance counselors and my math teachers that that was not an option. This is Mira, who is my boss or one of the team members, as she prefers to call our relationship. She and Katria have been conducting interviews throughout this project. You might hear their voice pop in here and there in these interview clips. After conducting the first interview with me, we were super interested in hearing about what other international students' experiences were like. 
On this episode of the podcast, we're uncovering the background experiences of international students so we can better understand some of the different responsibilities and sources of stress international students might be juggling on top of their writing assignments. We have So Min, who is in her undergrad, and Irfan, who is about to finish his grad school, to share their pieces of life. We also have Lin, who is a full-time staff at the university's International Student Support and Engagement, to talk about different programs she builds for the international students and bust a myth about them as well. One last thing before we get further into today's episode, and by the way, there will be a brief mention of colonial violence in the next minute, so feel free to skip ahead. This podcast is recorded while our university's Standing Strong Task Force continues to investigate and consider the colonial roots of our university's name. Edgerton Ryerson, the university's namesake, was among the architects of the Canadian residential school system. In the past few months, the bodies of over a thousand Indigenous children have been found at such residential schools. In acknowledgement of these horrific events that are closely tied to the name of institution, we have aimed to remove the university's names from our recordings. Still, because many of our interviews were recorded months in advance, there are some instances in which the university's existing name is used. Let's start with Soman, who is studying hospitality and tourism management. Hi, it's so good to be here with you. She's also from South Korea, and she has previously lived in the UK when she was younger. Obviously, I had all those friends who were just from UK, and I was the only girl who's not from England. I think actually I started just observing their culture first, and then just English followed with it because like I have to communicate with them, and I just kind of follow what they did and that's actually how I first learned my English speaking and basic writing. Soman describes her relationship with writing as I didn't like writing like I was like those kind of girls who are like oh I'd rather have multiple choice exams than like writing a final report but after that and like as I go on to my second year as you know, there's times where you have to just write a final report, like instead of the final exam. It's 20 pages long and like I have to write this whole thing. I'd rather take the exam. That was my first thought. Just like any other things in life, the first few steps, in this case, the first few sentences are always a challenge. But when she finally did, she found her love for writing. And I was like, this is actually better than my exam because, you know, exams are just like three hours and like if you make a mistake or do something wrong, you just get that grade. But for writing, you could like write it, you can proofread it. I feel like writing is more genuinely better to get grades. Genuinely shows how much you did. Multiple choice, to be honest. It's open book and if you don't study much, you can still get a good grade. But like for writing, your skills and your effort just shows. So I like writing these days. Her confidence level is immaculate, and that is something you gain from knowing yourself and believing in your capabilities. However, she does mention that she feels like she still has to try harder than her fellow Canadian students. I have this mental mindset that I won't be as good as um, those like Canadian domestic students. And I think that's not true, to be honest. But 
I know like some of my friends just start overnight and like, you know, like whatever. For me, I have to at least have like three days occupied with this writing assignment. Yeah, I have this like pressure that I have to try my like maximum thousand times better than them to get like better or like similar grade with them. So that's my mental burden, I guess, with writing assignments as being international. We're now moving on to Irfan. He's a master's student in aerospace engineering. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. I feel glad that I'm a part of this podcast team. His dream about the perfect Canadian life got crushed when he lost his wallet at the Christie Pitts Park on the second day after he arrived. This is especially challenging financially as one Canadian dollar is almost an equivalent of 1600 rupees. He also mentions how he couldn't find a part-time job for the first two months. That is the time I, I didn't do well in my academics, I didn't do well in my uh, life over here. I was so stressed out. I lost about 480 Canadian dollars. I lost my entire credit cards, debit cards. I don't have anything with me. I did find my wallet after two months, but I have completely lost them in the month of September. I'm not doing anything good in my life. But despite all these financial hardships and academic burden, Irfan has learned something very valuable through this experience. It's all about experience and learning and growing. Right now, I'm working as a supervisor at Farm Fresh, and I'm about to graduate in June. I feel very great about myself and I honor this country now. I have a lot of respect. It taught me a lot in life and it helped me in numerous ways. I have learned to communicate with people. I have learned how to get along with new people, especially with the white people over here. My workplace helped me a lot as well. I love the idea of learning to communicate with white people. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, it's a bit strange to communicate with white people. I felt like white people doesn't really talk with anybody else. Like they, I felt like these people were like conservatives and everything to be uh, by themselves, inferior kind of guy. I personally felt that, yeah, my perspective had changed a lot from September 2019 to now. So I actually came to Canada as an international student um, from Barbados and uh, I completed my undergrad degree um, in Guelph, Ontario. Because I was an international student, this work feels very personal to me and I think that's why I enjoy it so much. That's why I'm so connected to it. That's Lim Marie Farley, the Senior Manager at International Student Support and Engagement. There are so many aspects of a student's life that impacts how they show up in the classroom, right? And so this notion of the outside of the classroom experience and the in-classroom experience being separate it's not necessarily something that I am a proponent of. I think that they are really connected. And so hopefully as this work continues to evolve, we find ways to kind of help people see the connection between the two. I love that we're under the Student Life and Learning Support Unit because literally the, we support students navigating different aspects of their lives. That feeds into how they show up in the classroom, how they take in the information, how they connect with their professors or their TAs or their classmates. I think it's really important for us to kind of dispel this notion that we need to work in silos. I think the two worlds need to come together. Lynn's work at ISS looks different depending on the day. 
overall, our day-to-day involves not just advising appointments or helping students with like, for example, providing letters to students for their administrative responsibilities. It looks like creating programming. She also works in providing access to lawyers and running tax clinics for international students. ISS also runs a program called Cultural Connections that gives international students the opportunity to connect with their Canadian counterparts. The work at ISS is diverse and wide-ranging. According to Lynn, it is important to recognize that international students can deal with a range of challenges outside of the classroom that can impact their ability to succeed in school. That's such a, such a real fear for a lot of students. Like, it's not the first time I've heard a student, you know, ask that question of, I'm on probation or I'm required to withdraw. Am I going to be deported? Am I going to be asked to leave Canada? We, all, we always try to reassure her. We're like, we're not there yet. We're not there at all. Let's, let's deal with how you're feeling. Let's deal with the trepidation that you're feeling, the anxiety that you're feeling. Let's help find a way for you to manage that. As university staff, faculty, uh, people generally supporting students, what can we be doing to prepare or do we need to be thinking differently about how we support students? Mm-hmm. That's a really good question. On my desk, when we were in person, I had a sticky note uh, on my monitor that said, what systems do we have at our institution that are built for students? And what are the systems that are meant to keep certain students out? I think a lot about, you know, like those questions and those are questions that I percolate on a lot um, because you're right, there has been a consistent rise of the international student population. And so um, I think there's a lot of learning that, that needs to be done, but I think there's also a lot of unlearning that needs to happen. Lynn says that there are certain myths that persist around international students, specifically around who they are and how easy their path to graduation is. I think there's a lot of myths maybe about, you know, we here is that international students are wealthy because they pay higher tuition fee rates. And so while some students may be wealthy, many of our students are not. And their families and their loved ones have saved and sacrificed for years to send them to Canada in pursuit of this goal of getting this degree or, you know, building a life in Canada, maybe even with the potential of bringing their family later on. Related to the financial piece as well that some folks don't even consider is depending on where a student is from, they may be navigating or dealing with like fluctuation in currency or economic crises in their home countries, which impacts their ability to meet their financial responsibilities as students. And so goes back to the empathy piece of understanding those things and not necessarily kind of projecting that expectation onto students that you're here, you have money. And yeah, who they are and how they come to be on our campuses is another one. People look at international students and, you know, they're like, well, you chose to be here. So, you know, you'll figure it out. You'll find a way to to deal with it. You'll find a way to navigate this entirely new school system. Um, But I think it's our role to be welcoming of them, to be happy that they are here, to be curious about what their experience was before they came to Canada, to understand what informed their perspectives of how they're moving through the system so that we can support them in the way that they need. Many international students come to Canada in the hopes of settling and finding work. But the path to settling in Canada isn't easy or linear for many students. So 
yes, if you are a student and you're studying full time and you can work while you're studying, you can work part time while you're studying and full time um, when there when there's a break, for example, in the summer or when the university's um, on a break. When you have to, you know, be conscious of do I have the right documentation to work? Have I applied for a social insurance number? What even is a social insurance number? Who gets that number versus who doesn't get that number? Like those are the things that our international students have to think about when it comes to to working in Canada. ISS has played a central role in supporting international students at Ryerson, but Lynn says this should be a collective undertaking by the university. I think across the institution. You know, we all have a role to play in supporting the international student experience. We are situated in a way that allows us to connect to our partners pretty easily. Because I think fundamentally, we all want the same things. We want international students to thrive in their time. We want students to feel connected and to find community. We are constantly thinking about and exploring ways that we can further, you know, build that web of support around students. through a hard time last holiday season. Everyone I know was back home, despite the lockdown, having a wonderful time with their family members while I was in my room in complete isolation, being sad about how I never signed up for any of these. I kept questioning myself, is it even worth it? Maybe I just decided everything so abruptly. Why would I ever think that that was a good idea? I was under a lot of stress, and the anxiety was so immense that I got my jaw dislocated from clenching it so hard. What helped me a lot throughout this entire process was the phone line therapy, good to talk, and that is number two in between good and talk. It is free for any post-secondary students in Ontario, and you can have a one-hour conversation with the counselors whenever you want. It's completely anonymous and you get new counselors every time you call that line. I remember one of my 4am calls, the counselor told me, you know, some people don't know how to cook eggs at the age of 17. You move to a different country for yourself and your future, and you should take more credits for that. And that changed my viewpoint completely. Now I have grown as an adult who can cook eggs and build a future for herself. For every international student who might be listening to this episode, please note that you are a strong person and an inspiration to everyone around you. It is natural to have some kind of a doubt about yourself, but what matters is how you bounce back from it. This podcast was produced by Hijin Kim, Mira Govindasamy, and Katria Bolger. Graphic design is by Miriam Nusser, and this episode was edited by Heejin Kim. Thank you to the RBC Immigrant Diversity and Inclusion Grant, as well as Student Life and Learning Support for support with this project. Special thank you to our interviewees, Lynn Marie Farley, Somin Park, and Irfan Sheikh. Thanks for joining us, and don't forget to tune in to the next episode of Letters from an International Student. Thank you.